L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. We should say each other's names instead to throw everybody off. Oh, that's a great idea for the trailer. All right, here we go. Hey, I'm Mike. I'm Shane. Oh, my God. You guys really are doing it, aren't you? <laughs> All right, I'm Jeremy. I'm Mike. What, you're still doing the fel- false names thing? I feel like we already have a trailer going right this now. This is like a fourth <laughs> grade elementary school joke. Hey, everybody. I'm Shane, Mike, and Jeremy. And I'm... Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> you guys are throwing me off with the name thing. Hey, I'm Shane. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Mike. And this is the Groove Live Podcast. We're talking all things groove. Music. Food. Friends. Beer, even. All of it. Whatever brings groove into your life. How about like a tattoo artist? Would that be kind of groovy? I I would file that under groove. Construction projects. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, come on. Here's the thing. We have a lot of friends in a lot of different avenues and a lot of different lifestyles, which means that we have a lot of cool resources to pull from of cool people that have cool stories. Every day, you get out of bed. What makes you feel alive? You know, what makes you want to own the day? Coffee. Rock music. Pokemon. Construction projects. (laughs) And you'll hear it all right here on the Groove Life Podcast. The Groove Life Podcast is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. New episodes release every second and fourth Monday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For bonus episodes of this show, ad-free versions of all LAS podcasts, and many other exclusive benefits, all while supporting local creators and businesses, consider subscribing to LAS Plus for just $10 a month. To learn more and get started, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com slash plus. Hey guys, we're going to have a blast. Can't wait to see you guys on the Groove Life Podcast. We can't wait to groove with you. Now that sounds dumb. L-A-S. Hey everyone, Alan here. We're so excited to share this next leg of our journey with you. If you want to keep up with all things Myria, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Myths of Myria. If you enjoy the show, consider sharing it with your friends. Or if you have the time, reviewing us on Apple Podcasts is a great way to show your support. If you want to show us even more support, though, head on over to LASPodcastNetwork.com and sign up for LAS Plus, which comes with a whole mess of bonus content, ad-free episodes, and more. And there's possibly going to be a bonus episode for us at the end of November, but I guess you'll have to sign up to find out. Thank you so much again for sharing the precious pieces of your time with us. And without any further ado, welcome to Myria. Tucked away on the plateau of a split mountain, Ebonvale was originally meant as a trading post between the Poirot-Sevalier kingdom, Blackwater, and the goblinoid tribes to the east. Looming over the green leaves that stretch up like unfurled wings from the elm trees that bear them, Seir Aume, or Spear of Hope in common tongue, lances itself tall into the sky as a mighty gray tower. In a land left wanting for the grandiosity of mountain ranges, her split peak, sundered by some ancient primordial force, stands as a beacon to all those who might be traveling in the dense Leolel woods of southwest Antillanon. The monolith of stone that now lies at a twisted angle to its sister face did not travel far. Its smooth internal facet, kept free from the tarnishing of the world's gentle storms, now laid bare angling itself with a modest slope towards the sky. 
given the name Seyir al-Wadai, or Spear of Rest, in common, it sleeps as a high-looming step just over the canopy of the Laelelian trees. Built on this internal facet is a bustling city with a towering wooden staircase leading up to the monolithic platform. A river runs directly beneath a portion of the fallen mountain face, and on the very tip of the southern side of that same face, you see a massive Gothic church that crests its edge. You can see incredibly large cranes pulling supplies and goods up from both the river and the lowlands beneath the body of the mountain. As you pass closer to the city, you travel over fields and fields of green grass that slowly turn into simple buildings. As you pass closer to the roots of the mountain, the massive snaking wooden ramp that makes its way up to the plateau becomes more and more grandiose. Almost 30 feet wide at points, it slopes directly up the few hundred feet to the resting face of the stone where the city proper is. As you glance up towards the edge of the plateau, you see hundreds of wood-hewn buildings, scattered and numerous across it, only hinting at how many buildings there might be above. As you approach the front gate, after ascending the massive ramp that leads up to it, you find yourself at a checkpoint. Your cart slows down, Orion finishes a note in his journal, and you all ready yourselves to enter the city. A short goblinoid woman with a bag of assorted fruits is there, her faded blue scarf and dirt-smudged yellow dress betraying her to the thoughts of others before she's even known. She's talking to an elven man. His dark purple-gray skin contrasts starkly with his maroon cloak. Dark green leather armor crosses his body, and two sturdy rectangular pouches rest themselves on his hips. He looks down at this woman, and with kind violet eyes, he has his hand outstretched, and with it in front of him, she holds on to it with a pleading stance. She says to him, Please, sir, Mr. Fate, sir. All those homes are just empty. They, they can't just buy the land and not use it, right? That seems so wasteful. And there are so many of us who could really use some of those old homes. The man returns back, I'm sorry, Mimi, but they bought them fair and square. I wish I could offer them to you, but that's just how it goes. I gotta follow the law, too. I agree it's wasteful, though. I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll see if I can find the owner to all those homes and see if I can talk some sense into them. She returns back with, Thank you, Mr. Fate, sir. Uh, I appreciate all your help today. And she looks down at the bag of fruit at her feet. I'm glad you're the captain of the guard. Have a good day, sir. She picks up her bag, and she gives him a knowing nod and walks away. The man turns standing up, and meets eyes with your crew on this, uh, on this cart. And as he does, there are uh, some moments of recognition. He looks at you all, uh, and as he glances across all of your faces, he has a moment of recognition as he meets yours, Val. And he says, well, I'll be. If it isn't the young Visago, how are you, son? Caius, I'm, I'm, I'm great. How, how are you? Uh, I'm good. I hope you've been staying out of trouble. Uh, yes. Kind of? I think that was the answer that I didn't want, but I kind of expected. Um, it, it depends on your definition of trouble, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Have you seen your dad lately? Not even a little bit, no. Yeah, yeah he's been, uh... 
He'd been traveling back and forth between here and Blackwater trying to gamble back a little bit of that money. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's me. He lost his luck when he lost his son, but, oh. you know, I would say uh, definitely not nearly as lucky as you are in these days. Oh, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, we should get together. I'd love to catch up. Yeah, I think I have some time later today if you're feeling like you have a, a moment to spare. For sure. Um, oh, um, this is uh, her, Shadow, uh, Orion, and, um, oh, my goodness, uh, uh, Ando? Ando? Arno. Arno, thank you. And him. And she holds up her cat. <laughs> and him. Uh, and this is Caius. Hi, Ka- Caius. I mean, hi, Caius. <laughs> Caius returns back. Nice to meet you all. And 867 stands up and says, hello. Oh, and 867, of course. And he raises, he raises his only arm. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> Caius just kind of looks between both of the metal people, and he says... Interesting company you found yourself with. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen uh, metal people before. Um, yeah, we kind of met on the road. All right. You could say that. Uh, well, I hope you all have a good time in uh, in Ebonvale. And if you're all with uh, Val here, I don't see any reason why I wouldn't trust you to head on in. Um, all right. Well, I will. Uh, I'll see you later, Val. Yeah. And I'm excited to uh, spend some time with you. Yeah. Uh, all of you have a nice time. And he motions towards some guards that are behind him who also have this kind of green leather armor on it that has this kind of split mountain insignia uh, on the front of it, kind of pressed in and embossed into the leather armor. They all open these large wooden gates, and you step inside. Um, Orion, as you all are in, turns to you and says, Right, um, i got to go talk to the Gildan guards. Um... And uh, her, I know you don't want to go there. So um, I was thinking, uh, perhaps you can take the keys and go check out the house. And um, huh. maybe you can take Arno with you. And if you guys can, um, you know, take a bit of time to um, check that out, uh, get it ready for us. That way you don't have to go there. She waddles over to Arno and grabs his hand and says, you're coming, right? Arno looks down and he says, uh, yes, of course, I will come. Um, yes. Uh, I would say that we would... Need to go pick up my mother first, because we said that she could come. Yes. Yes, of course. And he kind of looks over towards Valras. Yeah. yeah. F- yes. Um, all right. Um, I-, I will do that. Yes. Um, please, let's go. And wait, he. Wait. Where Shut would up. you require my services? Uh, Orion says, "Tell you what. Um, I'm feeling like um, if I go to the Gildan Guards and I talk to them." about um, having met their not-daughter, and they get a little rowdy. Mm-hmm. It might be really nice to have someone with your stature there to assist me. That's understood. Is my stature not enough? Uh, no, your, your, <laughs> your arcane ability is oh, okay. the other part of the stature oh, that I right. need. Yeah, okay. Wait, does Shadow have to go away? I mean, he's really tough, but I've been away from Shadow for more than, like, an hour. Arno looks down towards you and he says, um, don't worry, I'll keep you safe. I know, I just, I don't know. I just think he's cool. I'd, It'll be all right. I'd pat 867 on the shoulder and just point at her and just say, remember, protect her. He looks towards you and he says, I shall follow you. Okay. <laughs> and I hold out my other hand. 
he crosses his arm across himself as one to, to, to grab your arm on the left side. Oh, goodness. And I swap Arno and eight six seven, and I put him on my shoulders, and I put my bird on my staff. Okay. Your, your small menagerie adorns yeah. you as you start uh, as you yeah. start walking into the city, and Arno says, um, oh, no, actually, um, my mother lives uh, in the lower parts there. And he, he kind of motions over the side of the city down towards the lower portions beneath the stone mountain face. Oh, he well, says. Right. He says, um, we must take a, a jaunt down there, but... Um, a, a jaunt? Yes. What's that? It's just a, like a, like a, like a uh, lively walk. We're skipping? Yes, we awesome. can skip if you like. <laughs> Although, when we get there, we won't be able to skip with her. Okay. Um, all right, let's go. Okay. Um, Morgan, can I have you leave the studio? Oh! Get out! I don't want to go... I'm sorry. Orion. Uh, yes. I realized, I, I meant to ask you about this earlier, but completely spaced. Um, that man you sent to uh, test us? Yes. Do you know what this is? And I pull out the silver necklace. Oh, yeah. Um, um, there was, I swear there was a gem in it at some point, but when I got it, it was like melted? Right. Uh, yes, actually. Um, he pulls something off of his neck, and he says, like I said, um... That man was a part of the Vero at some point, um, though he was um, stealing from us, and so that's why we used him to test him. And as he pulls this off of his neck, he shows you a similar silver necklace, but there is this frozen um, uh, ice-like V that hangs off the bottom of this silver pendant um, that is currently um, attached to uh, both ends for mm-hmm. him. So, like, the chain wraps around his neck, but at the very bottom, that ice-like pe- pendant is like permafrost, right? It always is frozen, just leaning slightly against his skin. Um, and that is the portion that connects it. it, is that frozen V. Would uh, I know what the Vero are? You can roll me a history check. Okay. Um, that's off the table. That's oh, that's a three <laughs> plus like two. The so curse of Josh's five. dice Here occurs again. <laughs> they're really mysterious. Yeah. Honestly, the first time you heard of them was when you know when Orion talked about them, and okay. it, you really didn't know too much about them. Okay. Um, he had ice powers similar to the frost on the necklace. Did that come from the necklace, or was that just a thing he could do? Yes, that actually. Um, when you're a part of the Vero, you get a little bit of um ice ability to come with it. I would like ice abilities. How do I gain ice abilities? Are you a part of the Vero? Uh, I could be for ice abilities. Yes, that's um, something that I'm not opposed to, although it is a commitment. And a, a commitment to ice abilities? Yes. I tell you what, how about you you, you gauge our um, journey today, and you tell me if that's still something you want by the end of the day. All right. All right. If I'm journeying with you, I'm curious, what are your ice abilities? Uh, yes, um, most... Most of mine are, um, well, as I'm an archer, um, most of mine are attaching them to my arrows. Um, so I can touch my arrows to this necklace, and it turns them into ice arrows. Interesting. Um, so it, it can freeze people. Um, I think, actually, um, that man that you fought, um, his name was Bautelier, um, uh, he had ice arrows as well. Oh. So... But they, I think they were a little different than mine. They were bolts in his crossbow. Mm. So, um, mm. yes. Um, 
Right, uh, lots to do today. Um, off to the Yielding Guards. Yeah, let's uh, let's go. Right. Sure. Um, the the city is like bustling all over the place. There's tons of people here. Um, but Val, it's kind of odd to you. Um, I would say, out of all the things, this city feels familiar to you, and you 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 feel almost like refreshed getting back here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a little odd because there's so few tieflings here, like. It feels like there's a portion of this city missing, mm-hmm. and that's because there is. Yeah. Right. So, um, as you are traveling, you travel to the east side of the city. Um, you are like just over the cusp of this courtyard of giant cranes that seem to be bringing up food from down below. Um, as you look over the edge of this side of this mountain where these cranes are, you can see just like farmland that stretches to the edges of the forest. And it looks like on this side, that's where they grow most of their crops and most of the things to feed the city um, that they don't trade with. Mm-hmm. Um, as you get there to this house, you see Orion stops in front of this building. Um, the, the Gildencard home is magnificent. Uh, it is carved in stone and laden with wood and iron, and it's much bigger than any of the other homes here. Um, Val, specifically, you have seen this home before uh, and always wondered who would be important enough to <laughs> live in this type of house, um, and apparently her would be who it would be. Um, towers brace in a courtyard that lies beyond these large elm doors at the front of this gateway. Do you have anything that you'd like to do before Orion walks up and knocks on the gate? Is Just for descriptive purposes, is this the same stone that her mausoleum thing was made out of? No, so I would say that that was maybe like, it almost felt like more natural there, like it felt like someone like, it's almost like that stone was like petrified natural um, occurrence, okay. right? Um, but like, uh, oh no, wait, that was a white stone Yeah, from, yeah, no, definitely different stone. Okay. Sorry, yeah, my apologies. I was thinking of something else, my apologies. Um, yeah, so that was, no, that was white stone from a sure. city called Yoria. Before going in, um, I'd like look at the building and then look over at Val. Yeah. And uh, so that guardsman, you're friends with the local police here? Um, something like that. My father was the captain of the guard for the entire mm. town. Um, Caius was his rival? I guess, for lack of a better term. But mm. he's the one who gave me and uh, taught me these. And he holds up the deck of cards. Huh. That's very convenient. Yeah. Well, if things go south in here, which I hope they don't, it's good to know that they might be on our side. I think that you and I have similar desires there, Shadow. Are, are we going to hurt the Gildan guards? No, I'm, I'm actually kind of worried that they're going to um, dislike us. And um, not really sure what type of personal guard they have, but we'll see. Uh, all right, yeah. Uh, Orion knocks. Um, as he does, Val kind of looks down, and his eyes go wide, and he casts. Men- he takes a card and flips it, and starts rubbing it over the <laughs> arrow wound yeah. on his side, yes. where there's his clothes are torn. Yes, and casts mending. <laughs> very nice to repair his clothing. Very, very nice. Good. Um. You see him pound on that door, uh, and he loudly declares, Hello, Guards! I've got great news for you. I've come to complete our agreement. And 
As he screams this, you hear footsteps beyond the gate. A latch beyond the door lifts, and as the door opens, you see a tall, dark-haired elven man starting to show some signs of age. Um, For even an elf, uh, he appears in the gap between these doors. Um, Orion smiles, and he says, Well, um, we've completed what we had set out to do. Um, We checked the mausoleum, and we've come to report our findings. And um, Arsenio who stands in front of you, um, uh, is, is this elf. Sorry, the, uh, I've given away the name too quickly. Ah. Uh, but uh, Orion just says, it's good to see you, Arsenio. And Arsenio, who you now know is this elf, steps out. Um, and as he steps out and opens this door a little bit wider, you see a woman that stands further back in this courtyard that they have in the center of this house. Oddly enough, like there's this these walls that en- encompass this house, and then there's a small courtyard that leads into the house proper. And you see this man, he's a tall, dark-haired, pale elven man um, with those signs of age. And his hair is black as pitch, and it flows gently off to the side of his head, only three or four inches. Um, his dark purple dress clothes are baggy on him, but they fit him well. His eyes are a soft emerald green, and it looks as if he were dressed for comfortability. But even comfortability is lavish for him. Uh, Celine Gildengard, um, who is his wife, is standing further back. Man, I'm just giving these names away for free now, aren't I? <laughs> That's um, good. I'm writing them down. Uh, uh, she is standing further back behind him. Um, she has this long silver hair, just like her. Uh, she has a kind smile and a very calming presence. Um, she very clearly is wearing a set of spectacular magenta laurels that sit themselves in her hair, and they seem to glimmer in the sun, almost as if fireflies were lighting up around her. Um, she's very obviously with child and holds her hands around her midsection in a very protective embrace. Um, Arsenio steps forward and says, Hello, good to see you. Um, please, come inside. And he opens up his arm and gestures inside the courtyard. Orion walks in. I follow. Val follows. And yeah, hold up the end. Okay, sounds good. Um, uh, As you walk in, you pass through this this incredibly nice courtyard. There's a fountain on one side that seems to be like magically spewing water into the air and then having it fall back down, it's like really lavish. Um, almost like Ooh. a little gaudy lavish in a way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but th- there's this this uh, nice stone pathway that leads directly up to another set of these elm doors on the side of this building, and he opens them up. Uh, Celine was currently um, sitting, or, or sorry, standing in those elm doors as she was investigating uh, Arsenio exiting that, that building. Um, and she walks inside as Arsenio moves back towards it as well. She looks at all of you and she says, Um, hello, can I, can I make you all some tea? And Arsenio responds back with, No, dear, let, let me make it. You're, I, I don't want you to do extra work. You, you need to rest. You, you're working for two. And he sits her down in a chair that is nearby. Um, you see this really nice kind of uh, um, entryway into this family room with a, 
a fireplace that is lit um, and this warm light that stretches throughout the building. Um, there are these red upholstered chairs that kind of uh, uh, form themselves in six uh radial positions around a central wooden coffee table in the center of this room. Most of the, the building is created from this, um, this, this stone, this, like, almost like, it's like mildly tarnished masonry, but it's like mm-hmm. this house has been around for a long time and mm-hmm. used for a long time and kind sure. of worn down. It's almost like rustic in its creation and in its, uh, in its upholding, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and as you do so, uh, Arsenio leaves and brings back some different uh, small um, metal uh, tea diffusers and also some uh, a, a pot, which you can see he holds his hand under. And as his hand is under it, there's this glow that comes from beneath his hand and is heating the pot as if he is doing it magically. That's super cool. Um, he goes over to these cups that he has laid out upon the table and he starts pouring them for you all. And o- Orion just says, oh, hospitality is great here. I should come more <laughs> often. And Arsenio kind of smirks at that. Um, and he sets some tea out for all of you. Join us for Choose Your Own Adventure Team Quest, a game where teams of adventurers navigate through a classic choose-your-path-to-adventure story with the goal of winning prizes from locally-owned businesses in the Cedar Rapids-Iowa City Corridor. Each episode is fun, new, and exciting. Listen to the story and then see if you would make the same decisions as our teams. Will our teams travel to the tops of the Himalayas as they search for the exclusive Yeti? Will they dive to the bottom of the ocean to search for the lost city of Atlantis? Or will they travel through space and time as they explore distant planets and discover new forms of life? Which team will be your favorite? Will they enter the glorious hallways of the Adventurers Hall of Fame by winning the season championship? Choose Your Own Adventure Team Quest is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. New episodes release every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For bonus episodes of this show, ad-free versions of all LAS podcasts, and many other exclusive benefits, consider subscribing to LAS Plus for just $10 a month. To learn more and to get started, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com slash plus. So come and join us for an adventure. And always remember, the choice is yours. L-A-S. Hey, I'm Logan. Hey, I'm Logan. You're supposed to say that you're Tim. Don't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. (laughs) We're the hosts of a brand new podcast called From One Dad to Another. Each week we tackle a new topic, interview local professionals, and attempt to decode modern parenthood one dad joke at a time. So make sure to join us every Wednesday on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. From One Dad to Another is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more on our independent podcast network, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. 
And if you want to support the show and get some bonus content, behind-the-scenes looks, and even get the show ad-free, you can become a member of our Patreon over at patreon.com slash Network. And if you don't, I won't be mad, but I will be disappointed. <laughs> oh, and one last thing. You're doing great, and I'm proud of you. L-A-S. Arsenio turns to all of you as the tea is now diffusing in these cups in front of you. And the moment he stops pouring, he sets down the the kettle in front of him and he puts it on the table and he sits back in one of those red upholstered chairs and he offers them all to you. I would want to sit in one. Do I know if I would break it? Uh, <laughs> roll me an intelligence check. Okay. Because I don't want <laughs> or, to or offend Or actually, you can, you can investigate if you want to do investigation instead of just straight intelligence. Okay. Um, let me see. I don't know if that helps you at all, but uh, yeah. <laughs> investigation or what? Investigation or just straight intelligence. Investigation yeah. it is. Uh, well, 13. 13? Um, you kind of walk over to it and you push on it a little bit and you hear this kind of like... As it I, creaks underneath the <laughs> underneath the weight of just your arm, I'd uh, I'd look at Arsenio and just uh, my thanks. Um, but if if I may stand, I wouldn't want to ruin your good chairs. He looks at you up and down. He says, "Um, I forgot. Um, of course. Uh, yes. Uh, please. Um, whatever's comfortable for you." While they're having this conversation, Val is already lounging in a chair. Yeah, <laughs> probably like side cocked, yeah, like absolutely. like laying across the arms, yeah. uh, holding his legs over the 100%. side. One hundred percent. I'd uh, definitely kind of post up behind. So there's like a circle of these chairs around yeah. a coffee. Yeah. Table so there's six of them around a coffee table. Yeah. And so there's one for um, there's one for Celine and one mm. for Arsenio, which are very obviously the ones that they cho- choose most often. Sure. Orion sits in one, and Val sits in one. I would choose to stand back behind the 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 chairs that both Val and Orion are okay. in just behind them so they're flanking. Sure. So. Sounds good. Um Orion uh says um well um we've um completed our task and uh, we're ready for the final deed. Um I think we've surely more than delivered. Um uh, I've got the contract and um he pulls out this this white piece of paper and he says um, so as long as we report what we found there, then um, we're good to go. And Arsenio looks over, he says, um, of course, yes. And he, Orion looks towards the both of you and he says, right then, boys, detail what you found. Oh. Um, well, do you, uh... You're the one that had the map. This is through. Um, so I, I had the map. That I got to the mausoleum, and uh, I went, and uh, ran into this big metal man. My and, name is Shadow. Um, oh, and I'm Val, Varos. Um, yes, I'm, I'm sorry, um, I, I should have introduced myself earlier. Once again, uh, Arsenio, um, and this is my wife, Celine. Good to meet you both. Um, oh man, I don't know the easy way to say this, so I, I should probably just say it. Um, we found the coffin. Um, Wait, you found the coffin? Yes. The coffin isn't there. 
Uh, no, it's there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, uh, your daughter's body is uh, now being used by someone that isn't her, I guess? L- Lyra is alive. No. Well, she doesn't think so. I don't really know. It's not necessarily her. What do you mean? If someone is in my daughter's body, it is surely Lyra. She doesn't think she is. It's almost something maybe of amnesia. Celine kind of pipes up and she says, What? Maybe she's just confused. Um, Maybe she doesn't have the capacity to know what's happening. She seems pretty certain that she is not Lyra. Um, oh, I did bring you this, and I show a pillow, the the pillow I made, my comfy pillow. <laughs> he, he looks down just at this pillow, and it kind like, of prove his 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 demeanor kind of just like starts shifting in this like he looks down at this, and there is very obviously this stark emotional connection that has been evoked in this in this moment. Um, the tea is very good, thank you. <laughs> um, it's a good. Good soup. <laughs> it's good soup. Um, you, uh, <laughs> thank you for the good for the very good leaf soup. Good I appreciate. Uh, there's nothing in this soup, but it is nice. Um, man, is tea soup? Leafy. I mean, I don't know. Is tea soup, soup now? Wow. Oh, okay, boy. new things that I've tried to discover <laughs> in my days of recording myths of Miria. I have discovered that tea is soup. New meme. <laughs> Leaf soup. <laughs> Tea is soup. Um, okay. Um, uh, yeah. You. You see, Arsenio just kind of look down at this pillow, and he just says, "I would like you to bring her back to me." So that's a point of contention with with her. When she, or when we offered to bring her, she didn't want to come. Yeah, she felt a certain reluctance because she didn't know how you would take the whole I'm not your daughter, but I have the body kind of thing. I don't... If she has amnesia, the only safe place to be is her home. But what if she doesn't have amnesia? She surely does. Lyra has amnesia, and she should come home. But she was pretty certainly dead, right? Orion pipes up and he just says, um, sorry, she's going by her now. And Arsenio just says, my daughter's name is Lyra, and she's coming home. And I'm not giving you this deed until you bring her back to me. Orion gets, like, very physically, like, he was originally, like, relaxing in this chair, and he lowers his arm, and he goes into this kind of, like, very serious businessman uh, face. He did sign the contract, though. Orion ag- agrees with you and says, that's what it says. I, um, we uh, we did everything that was in the contract for you. Um, That's not part of the bargain. I, I can do my best to try to convince her to come, but... What if we bring you to her? If you bring me to her. She's not comfortable entering this house. She doesn't view it as something that she was raised in, or you as her parents. 
I've spent my entire life um, trying to have... My wife and I have tried for many years to have children. Lyra was a miracle. Lyra was the first child that I had after a long stint of attempting to have a child. We kept her safe, and this is her home. Whether she knows it or not, this is the best place for her. If you would like me if you would like to bring me to her so that I may bring her back here that's all and well but one way or another she will come home I'm her father Orion stiffens up slightly and kind of looks back towards the both of you and tries to gauge your expressions what do they look like my globes of light for eyes mm-hmm. have like very narrowed yeah at him and just not anger but just frustration yeah um i yeah my arms would be um crossed in front of me yeah. um just left over right and just not even head cocked or anything just narrowed okay uh val is now shuffling Absent-mindedly, as his eyes kind of go back and forth, like he's clearly thinking about, yeah, th- not quite the morality of the situation, but like what would be correct to yeah. do. Have you already handed over the pillow to him, or is it still in your possession? It's it's still in my possession. I just kind of held it out to like show it. Okay, but he didn't take it, so uh, it's it's back on my lap. Uh, yeah, he would definitely say, "Give me that pillow." But but I made it. You made that... I made that pillow for my daughter when I buried her. Give me the pillow. I hand the pillow over. He grabs it from you very swiftly and holds it to his chest. And he looks over at Celine, who is very uncomfortable in this situation. Um, she looks at the both of you and she just says, I'm... I'm sorry that both of you are in this situation, but surely you can understand that after years of trying to protect her and her dying, this is this is incredible news. We we need her back. She's our daughter. If she's your daughter, I mean, she surely <laughs> it doesn't make any sense for her to not be our daughter. And even if she was, I don't... I mean, it's really her call, right? Like, you can't force her to come back. Would you want to be held against your own will to do something that you didn't want to do? Arsenio pipes up and he just says, It's not your decision how we raise our daughter. She's our daughter. Then you can go get her, then. Or do you need our help to do that, too? I will be keeping this deed... Until she is returned. And he puts this, like, slip of paper that was on the table, this pink slip of paper, into a side satchel of his. And he says, so, if you, and he looks at Orion, want this, you can bring her to me. And Orion just looks, like, incredibly, like, perturbed. And 
He looks and he says, I'm really sorry, Arsenio. Don't really like holding people against their will. It's not really my thing. Especially when she made such a good case. Not really into that. And Arsenio just looks over at him and says, Then I am sorry that we are unable to continue business. That does leave the matter of the, you know, unfinished contract. My daughter is more important to me than this contract. Then the deed should be fine. No. It is leverage, and you should bring her to me if you want it. And he looks over at Orion, and Orion just says, We made a deal. Uh, There's not really... There's not really anything else to do about it. And Arsenio just says, There's everything about it. You can bring her back. And Orion just says, Look, don't make me get Nefreya involved. And Celine, her eyes just kind of go wide. And she turns to Arsenio and says, Look, sweetheart, maybe just give them the deed. We don't want to we don't want to talk to her. And uh, Arsenio returns back and he says, No one will dissuade me from getting my daughter back. No one. I would please ask you to leave my house until you return with my daughter. And he stands up, and the doors fly open as he motions his hands towards them, and they magically fling open. Valros sets down his teacup, reaches over for the one that was for Shadow, and quickly chugs it, sets it down, okay. and then gets up. Orion stands up, and he readjusts um, his... Um, his harness that holds his uh, his uh, what? Oh my gosh! Quiver. His Sorry. quiver. Oh, yeah. I got you. Thank you. Um, and his then, arrow thingy. Yes, his arrow thingy. Uh, he readjusts that very quickly, and he looks with this this gaze of malice and disdain at Arsenio, and then kind of like a sad look at Celine, and he looks at the laurels on her head, and he says. Hope those are working fine for you, Celine. Glad the Vero could help. And he turns around and he exits the building. You have a very lovely home. And then <laughs> Val exits. <laughs> I'd, uh, I'd nod to Celine and like gesture towards or like look down at like how she's pregnant. Yeah. Just, I didn't get to say it, but congratulations. She looks up at you and she says. Thank you. It's... I appreciate it. And then I'd look at uh, Arsenio and uh, just nod at him. And your resolve is admirable. I also have things that I deem in that regard. So I understand maybe more than most. And then I would nod and start He's turning and walking away. As you start to turn, you feel this kind of pressure on your side on your left shoulder as almost as if someone is putting a hand on it but you see that as you turn back he's still like a little ways away from you but he's got his hand outstretched like he's um, 
like he's moving towards you with his hand. And oh. you see there's this like like almost vibrant um this vibrant see-through magical hand that's on your shoulder that has turned you around. And he comes to you and he says, if we are kindred of that, then please understand my desire, my need to keep her safe. I have put every ounce of my life into making sure that she has a good home and good places to be. Please bring her back to me. I'd uh, put my hand over that imaginary hand and uh, just look at him very seriously and say, I've also been tasked with making sure that she's safe. Know that. And then I'd peel the hand away and then turn and leave. The doors close softly behind you um, with this moderate thud just as you exit through the courtyard the fountain is quiet no longer moving any water as you exit Orion is just swiftly with purpose walking away and he exits the the two large Um, doors that are at the edge of the courtyard and immediately he finds this like rock on the street and he just (laughs) kicks it and it flies across the street and clatters against a house on the other side Val quickly shuffles up and kind of stretches so what's the plan now heist I mean legally we have the right to that deed right Orion turns to all of you and he says no we're gonna do what we told him we were gonna do we're going to go get Nefreya Glaziandur. Is that a name I know? Uh, you can roll me a history check. I shall. That's a 15 plus my history of uh, one. 16. One. 16. <laughs> the name... Ugh, it's odd. The name rings a bell. But, yeah, actually, you do remember it. She was one of the only tieflings that was not one of the children of Asmodeus in Ebonvale. Mm. And she was highly regarded for her understanding of the law. And she was an incredible lawyer that was um, that was tasked to represent people who committed crimes or to persecute people that committed crimes across the city. Um, And she was very, very good at her job. Like, incredibly good. Um, Almost, like, to the point where if you had her against you in a lawsuit, you pretty much just gave up because there was no way that you would win. Jeez. Um, Is she part of the... the voyeur? The Vero? That's the one. Yes. Is she actually your boss? <gasps> Is she your boss? She's a lateral. She's a lateral uh, engagement. Um, she's another person who works for the same person. Val puts a hand on Shadow's shoulder and goes, "She's his boss." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and with that, Orion says, "All right. Well, actually, I 
Orion just says, All right. Well? They've made their bet. Let's see if they like laying in it. And he starts walking towards the southern part of the city. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS.